Yo guys, welcome back to the Bias Brothers podcast. And today we have a very special guest in the house. We have um, the editor, the journalist from Wire 868, Lasana LaBird. Lasana, how are you? I'm fine. It's it's LaBird. I'm happy to be on. LaBird, my bad. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and we also okay. have Jomo and Jadiel as well. Usual suspects in the podcast. And today we'll be discussing... Yeah. The TTFE and FIFA drama. So, mm. Lasana, um, I'm not that familiar with, with the origin of the, the whole scandal. Can you tell us how it started? Like, when and how it started? All right. Um, the first major issue, I, I guess, would have been on March 17th when uh, FIFA implemented a normalization committee here. Uh, and effectively said from that moment on that it no longer recognized um, the elected officials of the TTFA, who would uh, be William Wallace, Clint Taylor, Susan Warwick, and also Sam Phillip. Uh, and, and that would go for the rest of the board as well, you know, from March 17th. Um, of course, there must have been some, some buildup. The, the reason given was um the high debt and the lack of proper financial controls uh at the TTFA. Of course, Wallace and his team had only been um elected last November, November 24th. That would mean that they never so much as uh created a financial statement at the TTFA up at, at that point, obviously. So you know that would mean that uh, the issues, the reason that FIFA stepped in couldn't really have um, you know. Uh, Wallace and his team couldn't really have been blamed for it. Uh, since then, um, Wallace and the officials, rather than you know stepping down and accepting the decision, uh, instead they turned first the cars, then to the high court to, to essentially say that FIFA is not authorized to do it, and, and the decision to move them wasn't done in good faith. And, and tomorrow morning, actually. That would be what the court would, would be ruling on. So, um, how has that? Yeah, did you find out like how it has affected players and coaches? Um, well, the players hadn't have not been the players haven't played any games. The, the men's national senior team only one team had any games at all under this current administration, which would be the the girls under twenty team which in any case would be uh, amateur, right? So they, they aren't owed any money. We haven't missed any games at all because of COVID-19. That meant that all competitions this year were postponed. So no teams have missed any action at all. The men's senior team players are owed money. Again, the money that's owed to them is actually money um, they should have received under the John Williams administration. So they aren't actually owed from this administration either. Now, the coaches who were hired by this administration and haven't been paid at all, um, they would have started working between, let's say, December and January for the most part. And um, of course, you, you get different opinions from, from people in terms of what should happen now. Um, it's unanimous, though, that everybody wants to be paid and, and nobody wants us to be suspended. Uh, in, in terms of what the right move should be, you know, there's still going to be 
different opinions, I suppose, on that. But but that is where it is for the with the players and with the coaches generally. Everybody is is nervous about being suspended, but uh, we we haven't we haven't missed any games because of COVID nineteen. Well, I saw that um the futsal teams would I think it's still be in action. I think so. Is that true? No, 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 no. You, you can't, uh, even with, with futsal, uh, the rule now is five persons, right? Uh-huh. You can't put on a, a, a futsal game or anything like that with, with uh, five or less persons. You couldn't even have a training session with that, you know? So it is not true that futsal would be missing any games. Okay. Jari or Jomo, you have anything to ask? Just a question, just, of course, based on your personal opinion, Lasana. Why... Yeah. Stop the Wallace administration four months in and not the entire Will John Williams era through the minute the reporter wastage for performance by the team that the home and football scandal. Why, in your personal opinion, I think that they waited four months into the new scandal without giving the Wallace administration a chance to rebuild or a chance to prove their credentials? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And the thing is, every year, each member association has to send an audit to, the, to FIFA, right, for them to go over and approve the audit, which the TTFA would have done under John Williams. So Infantino has been president since uh, 2016, right? His FIFA would have gotten one, two, three audits from TTFA. So if there are all these financial things happening here that shouldn't have have been happening, then Infantino and, and his executive were the ones who should have dealt with it. So in fact, Infantino would be more guilty of what's happening in Trinidad football than Wallace who only just, just showed up. You know, so it's a very good question. Why, if you're pointing to the to the debt rising? Now, when when uh, John Williams was elected president in 2015, our debt was something like 16, 18 million dollars. And by the time he left, the debt was over 50 million TTLs. Again, all of that happened, um, most of it under Infantino's term in office. Yeah. So, so definitely that yeah, raises questions. Why did the FIFA, who know better than anyone else, because they actually get more information than even the TTFA board members. And with all that information, why didn't they step in then? And why did they choose to step in now? It's a very good question. Okay, uh, but... I knew that you would have viewed the report done by Mark Bassan to regards uh, the TTFA under the presidency of John Williams. Do you think that that report helps the cause of the United the United um, front at all in terms of the members, in terms of Wallace and the argument that is something that they've been unfairly treated with? Um, I think by now, the TTFA members, anyone who's paying attention really in TTFA, would know that a lot of stuff was happening with the home of football that, that shouldn't have been happening, even before um, Bassan's story, right? So in that sense, I don't think it would make much impact uh, within football. Football people already have their minds made up one way or the other. You know, yeah. if you are John Williams, man, after yeah. all those years, you're still a John Williams, man, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and vice versa. In yeah. terms of public opinion, though, I think that a lot of people who, who may not have been following quite as closely, and mm-hmm. they are now asking, telling themselves, you know, something is really odd here. And of course, why didn't FIFA do anything about it? 
So I think generally for the man in the street, who, who is important, who is an important stakeholder, I, I think, yes, you know, Bassan's um, story should have opened open some eyes. Jariel, anything? Yeah, um, so again, in your own personal opinion, uh, do you think that they should continue, that, that's Wallace and they should continue to press the matter or should they necessarily cave in, but I guess put country before self in this case? Well, even then, country before self, you could go either way with that. Huh? You, you could say that the stance is a principal one, you're defending the country's sovereignty, so you could go either way. Um, the, the, the thing about this, right, you have different, um, <clears throat> different competing narratives, right? The one thing is whether or not FIFA uh, was right, justified in stepping in. And my opinion on that would be no. Then they're, they're not justified because of uh, the fact that, well, one, there's a members association. And it's probably easy to guess what a members association would, would do. They, they step in and deal with issues that member associations have. The member associations will never ask to, 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 to deal with Wallace, right? Um, there are so many things that should have happened before you reach the way you're kicking out elected officers. Infantino never met with Wallace before. It was not a case of them sitting down and saying, listen, we are happy about this and this. Can you fix it? What can you do? It, it never happened. So I think in that sense, um, FIFA was not justified. Now, in terms of Wallace's uh, presidency itself, you, you look at um, some of the things that happened under his tenure. Uh, you have uh, the, the Terry Fennick contract, which, which barely resembles the one that the board um, offered to him in the first place. Similarly, Ramesh Ramdan's contract wasn't the same one that the board offered. You have the Peter Miller's contract and, and some other contracts that the board never knew about at all, right? So um, whether or not uh, Wallace is the right person to leave the TTFA based on how he's done so far, that's another question, you know? So, so is that, it could very well be a case where, where all sides are wrong. FIFA is wrong for stepping in, but that doesn't mean that, that uh, Wallace has proven to be a good leader either, right? Mm -hmm. um, my personal view is that uh, FIFA... Uh, has no business, you know, treating us like a like a branch, which is which is what they're doing right now because we aren't a branch. Trinidad football existed before we were members of FIFA. They didn't they didn't come down here and, and show us the game, right? So I think Trinidad should should organize its own business. You know, I think that we have the the intellectual capacity and so on to, to do that, right? But I also think that our business should involve probably removing William Wallace you know, for his blunder so far as president, you know. So um, if I think Wallace should be TTFA president going forward, I don't, but I don't think Infantino should be the person to remove him either. I think that if he's to be removed, he should be removed by the TTFA members. I agree. Um, I agree with isn't the, um, so the way I view it, and as you said before, it's not necessarily that TTFA is a branch of FIFA, but in, I mean, in somewhat they kind of are, if you think about it that way, um, I mean, technically, Trinidad could go on their own and be an independent body, but um, there still is somewhat of a hierarchy when it comes to each country's association kind of rolling up into FIFA, at the perks of FIFA, right? The competitions that they hold in, the financial back end. 
Yeah. You see, I think a lot of people look at FIFA as a building in Zurich that, that we, we, we get invited to from time to time. But actually, FIFA is made up of all 211 members. Mm-hmm. Trinidad is a part of FIFA, you know? Okay. And, and as a member, we help create the rules, you know? So actually, if Trinidad and Tobago doesn't like something that FIFA is doing, and Trinidad could get enough member associations that agree with them, they could change it, you mm-hmm. know? FIFA isn't a, a standalone entity, in other words. Trinidad is a part of FIFA like, like everyone else, you know? So um, I, don't, I don't think... I, not only are we not a branch, we help elect the president. And we have helped elect presidents for a long time, as you would have seen with, with John William, uh, sorry, Jack Warner and mm-hmm. his, his, um, you know, his scheme and Antonio Sepp Blatter and everything else, you know? Um, the Trinidad in the Caribbean, which might be one reason that, that they, they clearly do not want to suspend, to, to kick us out, clearly, because this has been going on since March, and still the door is open for us to remain in, in, in December, right? There are 25 nations in the Caribbean who are full FIFA members. And if you think about that, South America has 10. And that's South America, Brazil with how many World Cups and Argentina and Uruguay. They're only 10 nations. That means that the Caribbean is twice, more than twice as strong as the entire South America politically, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the power that we have. You know, um, Wallace hasn't been able to leverage any of that. From, from what you've seen, he has, he has no support outside of Trinidad at all. But it isn't a case, though, that FIFA writes something on a piece of paper and all 211 member associations just, just bow and accept it, you know? If we want to change it, we can, but it's just that Wallace doesn't have the, the, the political um, strength or leverage to do it. Just a go off of that question in regards to the Caribbean having 25 members. So why, what do you perceive about the relative quiet or lack of response from the CFU in this matter? Because I think that even in the, the levels of punishment, as you would say, they went directly to the normalization. How come there was no meeting with us and probably CFU or us and the president directly? How come CFU not playing a part in this entire thing at all? I don't think they have released any statements or anything. Yeah, the, the, the CFU has been destroyed almost. And, and that was done for a reason, right? Um, we have, of course, a Canadian president right now, Victor Montagliani. North America is just three countries, Canada, America, and Mexico, you know? So for somebody for that small block to be in charge of CONCACAF shows that that person's always looking over the shoulder, essentially, right? Uh, they know full well that anytime the Caribbean gets together, that, that would be curtains for the way CONCACAF is right now with, with Montagliani in charge. And the system now has been created where the CFU is in charge of almost nothing. There are practically no Caribbean tournaments anymore. And when there is a tournament in the Caribbean, let's say the qualifiers for the uh, club championship, for instance, CONCACAF officials come down here and run the entire thing. They send no money here. They make sure we don't run our own programs. You know, the, the idea is to make sure that we, we, we could never be strong again. And I sense that we're always here, you know, collecting handouts. So it, it really isn't done, it isn't done by guests. They want Caribbean officials who would be happy to uh, fly to Zurich once a year, get a little podium, 
and, and essentially do harass them for anything more than that, you know, and, and, and that's the situation that they have, you know. Um, they didn't even inform the CFU uh, before they, they suspended TTFA. The CFU found out in the news like everybody else, you know, and is, is a, a serious lack of respect to, to the Caribbean football president to, for that to happen, you know, but um, they, they seem to be happy with what little they have mm -hmm. and it allows the, the system to continue as it is right now. I mean, they're very afraid, Montagliani is very afraid of the Caribbean for that reason, and he has to be, because the Caribbean has 25 votes out of 35, you know? Mm -hmm. So they, they need to play this sort of game with us, keep us in line, but don't push us too far, you know, to, to kind of keep our support. Maybe one of the reasons why, despite everything, they haven't really uh, put Trinidad and Tobago to the knife just yet. And they probably won't, you know? Um, they're really trying to get us back on side before the next uh, FIFA uh, Congress or, or Council meeting. You know, that, that's, that's the, the aim when the, the deadline that they set. Okay. Uh, in, in, um, in spite of the suspension, CONCACAF still included Trinidad in the, the Gold Cup drill. Yeah. Um, providing that the suspension stands and FIFA um, continues with the suspension, what um what does that mean for Trinidad going into the Gold Cup? Well, Scala, before you answer, I believe they I saw a letter posted where they think they said they give until December 20th. Um up until that point. And if yeah. by that day we don't decision isn't lifted, then we're out basically. Yeah. Which means it's not really a suspension. Yeah. But when you're suspended. <laughs> Uh, according to FIFA rules, nobody, no member association of FIFA isn't allowed to contact you at all. They don't keep you any draw, they don't have a draw with Trinidad's name in it, you know, and they don't tell you who the fixtures are for the World Cup qualifiers and so on. You know, so the whole thing is, is a bit of a farce. So yeah. we're suspended, but the suspension is under suspension or something. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, you know. But yeah. essentially, we have a third deadline now, which is December 18th. And, and they're hoping that we, we um, you know, make them happy, make Infantino smile by that time. And, and we're back. And, and that's what they, they, they hope to happen. Yeah. So I, I want to say, um, so let's say tomorrow the courts do rule in um, favor of Wallace, right? What do you think the next step will be from there? Because most likely, if FIFA sees that um, locally he's getting the, um, the legal matter, they might actually actually solidified suspension. So my question is when we, if, should I say, if we actually do get suspended, um, not, not a suspension of a suspension, but an actual suspension, <laughs> um, what do you think the next step would be from there? I think what's gonna happen, uh, FIFA knows about this, they know the case is coming anyway, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, FIFA would have people on the ground that, that, that they're speaking to and people that are very happy to do FIFA's work locally anyway, as they know. Um, Wallace has promised to have an EGM. At an EGM, the members could compel him to act in a particular way or they could simply remove him as well. I, I think what FIFA would probably do is, is sit back and, and wait to see if uh, how the members react, right? Um, I think, to be honest, this probably should have been done a long time ago. Something as important as what happened in March, I think the members... Um, you know, should have called the administrators in to find out, okay, what's happening and, and 
um, where do we go from here? And, and listen to the president's plan and they could either accept it or not, you know? So it kind of took a long time to get to this point. Um, but I think that that's what's going to happen right now. Uh, I don't think FIFA is going to um, act in any uh, manner after tomorrow's um, verdict of the high court, because I mean, they, they anticipated it anyway, and, and they just have to kind of um, see how it plays out, you know? I mean, I, I must say that if you think about it, the TTFA is bankrupt, um, functionally bankrupt, which is that if the creditors right now, if two or three creditors go to court and they, they move in on TTFA, that's it, they, they liquidate, right? Um, FIFA at the end of the last cycle in 2018 had 2.7 billion US in reserve, right? Now, if you think about it, if you had 2.7 billion dollars and you were negotiating with a man who was uh, about uh, 10 million TT in debt, and you aren't able to, to get a guy who is 10 million TT in debt, see it your way, then something is, is, is very wrong with your negotiating skills and everything else. I, I think for Infantino, 2.7 billion US in reserve and can't convince William Wallace and the TTFA what the right thing to do is, I, I think that's probably gross incompetence. So, all those saying, all the persons, different persons saying that um, Wallace and they should step down and put country before self and etc. Do you think they are acting in self-service in terms of they are afraid of the potential ban, etc.? Or do you think they have the benefit of the country at hand? Because a lot of the people seeing the country before self, I believe are in fact um, supporters of probably the past regime. So they're using this as a time to kind of solidify their point to the country before self argument. What's your take on that? I think since since um, Brent Sancho scored for Paraguay against Trinidad, he probably never had the country's interest at heart ever since. You know, I, I wouldn't. Sancho right now owes about three dozen players from Central FC and companies and everything else. No, I I, I don't respect these guys at all. You know, people like Selby Brown, who was you know one minute he was John John Williams' um, biggest critic, the next minute he's running as his vice president and everything else. I, I think those people are totally self-serving. Right now, I certainly understand uh, for the players, for the coaches, anybody who earns a living from football, referees as well, you know, bound to be concerned about what's happening here because it's the livelihood at stake, it's the future, and everything else. And they have a right to be concerned. But again, I think that there is a solution to the whole matter. The members call our EGM, you need 51% of stakeholders to do that. If you have 75% of stakeholders, you, you move Wallace altogether. And that's just democracy. You know, if they don't want the president there, they could move him. You know, they don't have to worry about uh, Andre Batiste bleating and Sancho, you know, crying and all that stuff. It's just a, a sideshow. If they want change, they could have change. You know? well, are there competent people to take Wallace's spot? That is the other. Uh, the other big question, um, sports in the Caribbean on the whole is, is really blighted when it comes to administration. Uh, I, I think um, we don't see sport as a professional industry, right? And we have the, the, the biggest um, kind of paradox, right? We have world, literally world-class athletes. We have people like Brian Lara and Usain Bolt and... White York and, and so on. And we have 
have some of the worst administrators on the planet. How is that even possible? You yeah. know, and that is the plight that our sport has faced. You know, we have people on the one hand uh, comparing themselves to the very best in the world in their field. And then we have administrators that are, that are in there just trying to see what they can get for themselves. And with, with no, I mean, Trinidad, for instance, hasn't participated in the CONCACAF club tournament for two years because they haven't been able to simply fill out the forms they need properly to get the license and done. That was under John Williams. And, and that is a different level of uh, incompetence they're talking about, you yeah. know? Uh, and then these are the guys who will turn around and, and, and criticize maybe if, if Kevin Molino misses a, a good chance on goal or something like that, you know, and, and it's, it's absurd, really. Um, where the next leaders are coming from, I don't know. I can't tell you. All I could say is that I, I hope that when someone comes in there and, and we, we see they can do the job, you know, we, we get them out as soon as we can. You know, that, that's the best I could say right now. What do you make about um, Haddad, the present current person in charge of the normalization committee, refusal to deal with coaches, etc.? What do you to think about that? Do you think he's just a coaches. coaches and meet yeah. the coaches, etc.? Do you think that's just? Do you think he's just in that position to kind of buy time while this whole process goes through, so he can't really make any critical decisions? Hence, his avoidance and meetup, etc. I think Haddad, so far out of his depth, he probably gets a nosebleed right now trying to do to TFA work. You know, it, it's totally, you know, beyond him. Um, mm -hmm. He runs a, a family-owned business and clearly he's accustomed to, 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 to going in the office and simply telling people what to do and, and they follow suit. And, and that's not how a, a professional environment works when, when you have to deal with, with people at a certain level of respect and, and everything else. Um, I think in a sense, it's good that we had Haddad because we always hear about um, us needing people from the business world to be in charge. Um, I think by now we know that somebody, these people in the business will succeed only because of what they inherited from, from the, the papi and grandpappy or by having access to the government contracts and so on. But they really aren't anywhere near as clever as, as we would think they are. Right, um, Haddad has been in there um, since March. I think it's been totally hopeless, you know? You could go right now and look at the FIFA mandate that he has in terms of um, working out a plan to address our debt, uh, looking at ways to, um, to bring our constitution in line with, with, with FIFA's new ideas, running the day-to-day -day affairs of the TTFA. And every one of those things there, you know, you ask around, it's, it's been a failure. As far as I understand it, the TTFA office staff going right now, he's never there. And um, they probably play solitaire on the computer and, and, and whatever. Nobody's managing them. You know, we, we, saw, we saw from the coaches that it's eventually they, they, they snapped because they, they couldn't wait on Haddad anymore to get the job done. He has never had a meeting with, with all the football stakeholders in, in terms of addressing um, the constitution or anything else. And his, his idea for the TTFA's debt is um, we'll ask the government to help, you know, you know, that's brilliant. Anybody could come up with that in five minutes, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So um, we know that Hada, whatever the problem is, the answer isn't Hada. Okay. Well, let's say that we do get suspended for a year, maybe worst case scenario, two or three years. Well, not three years, but two yeah. years. Um, Which I don't think at all, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, well, let's just assume. 
Uh, what what do we do? Do we um organize our own tournaments to keep players in the country active or have um yeah. I don't know. What do we do? Well, local football is, is, is in a state for a while now. Uh, and the pro league, um, I think by now we, we could all say that the pro league has failed. And it, it's, it's not working. Uh, it's probably more cancer than anything else, you know. They, they sit at the top of the, the, the football pyramid locally. Um, they try to double up whatever resources, all the resources that is there from the state. Uh, they, they hold players to ransom. You have to play for us or, that, or you can't play for your country, essentially, because we are the top flight league. Then they abuse players. They don't pay them at all. They don't, they don't pay. They owe everyone. So um, the Pro League isn't going to help either in terms of solving the whole thing. Well, the Ascension now, League worked well last, last year. The Ascension League is, is something different. Um, is is fresh. Uh, I think it, it offers a better chance because it's, it's more realistic you know the idea is that the owner pays for referees pays for the grounds gives you some money to get the players to the games in terms of transport and you're in charge of seeing about your own players you know um so for it, it was the incentive then to the clubs themselves to, to try to raise money and, and what they raise you pay you know uh, that means that if a team in the top flight is underperforming then they could be removed by a team in the second tier that's actually, you know, could do a better job. And um, the Pro League has operated like a monopoly and it has kept out, kept out teams from, from advancing, right? So the Ascension League wouldn't be a, um, it wouldn't be a long-term thing. It would be a one-off competition. I, I think the idea from the Ascension League is to be more than a one-off competition. I think they do want to replace um, the top flight. Um, as everything, um, you would need some level of accountability because it's a big responsibility. Um, you'd be given to the, the, the director there, who's Richard Ferguson, right? Um, if he were to be in charge of the entire local football game, that's, a, that's um, a big, big responsibility. And we would have to find some way to make sure that, that things are operated in the best interest of the country. But um, after what we've seen from the pro league, I, I think we know that it isn't going anywhere. Right, if we are suspended, though, I don't think the TTFA would survive it in any case. I think that, like I said, the TTFA is functionally bankrupt. And if they try to go without, um, without FIFA, to be honest with you, I think that creditors would move in and that would be it, it'll be, it'll be a lights out. So, um, I, I think Wallace and his team would have to think very, very carefully about that. Okay, in that case, um, do we form a new association or <laughs> that is actually uh, a possibility if the members are not able to um act decisively between now and december 18 to, to, to get things right with fifa um wallace might end up with administration that he can't run because uh he can't raise money to, to satisfy the, the debt that exists right now Right, so uh, one way or the other, something something big is going to happen. You know, um, if Trinidad wasn't indebted to that state, then you might think that okay, possibly we could we could uh, stand up on our own two feet for a while. 
uh, even though we lose all the benefits of playing against FIFA nations and competitive games. I don't know if we would have wanted that, right? But there was a possibility. With the debt that we have, I think there's no possibility that CTFA could, could stand on its own two feet. Jadiel, Jomo, any questions as we close up? Um, quickly, what do you think is the ideal way forward for both the TTFA and FIFA? What do you think they want to see the most likely outcome? Do you think that FIFA actually wants to remove William Wallace only, or is it the entire United TTFA and for somebody they probably could work better with? Or do you think that the United TTFA wants to get back forward to pull back William Wallace or probably to replace him with regards to all the little issues on his side that come into the forefront now? Well, first, we, we, we look at the past and we know that FIFA does not turn out best interest at heart. It, it never had, right? Uh, when our footballers plummeted under John Williams and the only team that we could beat was Anguilla, Infantino was very happy and he came down here and said, vote for John Williams again. So we know that, that FIFA are not coming in to help us be a better football nation, right? Um, I think what would happen if the members decide that, that Wallace isn't doing a good job to me personally, I don't think he has been a good president at all. And they remove him, then I think the administrators, the, the members say to FIFA, okay, you know, uh, we move this, uh, we have moved Wallace. Uh, what is the next step? How can we find a compromise in terms of us being a part of the FIFA family? You know, so far Infantino hasn't been able, willing to compromise with Wallace at all. I don't know if he'd be willing to compromise, um, you know, with the membership. You know, I, I'm not sure. But uh, I think between the TTFA and, and FIFA, there needs to be some level of, of compromise. You know, if we simply, um, you know, roll over and, and, and lie down our backs and tell Infantino to do as he pleases, I don't think that's really going to benefit Trinidad football either. So we have to look for middle ground. I think if we want to get any any good out of this. Okay, I agree. Well, let's know we could talk all day, but I know you don't have the time and. Charlie and Jomo don't have the time either. So yeah. thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. And we hope to see you yeah. again in the future, maybe. Yeah, thanks for Sana. No problem. Glad to be on, guys. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time on Bias Brothers. All right.